Sumrall, he, he was talking about how he had a group of his people that were working in, um, I think they were in Hong Kong, and one of them slipped and fell. They were, you know, like at a beach with some rocks and stuff, and they slipped on some of the rocks and, and fell and hurt themselves serious enough to go to the hospital. And so the other people that were with her, you know, in that same group, went to the hospital and started berating her. What secret sin do you have that would, that would allow this sickness or this, this calamity to come upon you? And uh, he said, I had to go straighten them all up, you know, because they immediately judged her as, as, as though she had done something wrong and that she had done some open or hidden sin that she hasn't repented of or hasn't confessed openly about. And, um, you know, that's not our job. Uh, we shouldn't take the job of judge of each other's lives in this earth. Amen. Uh, there, there's plenty of judgment to go on by the Lord Jesus without us taking his job. Amen. And there's plenty of things for us to do without being involved in being the judge. Amen. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, if things are obvious and open, you know, well, you know, if you're stealing, uh, well, that's a sin, right? I mean, uh, it, it, that's, that's not, there's no judgment required. The word of God has already judged that. Uh, but uh, we know that all sickness is not due to sin, so you can't judge the cause of sickness in somebody's life because there's no rule in the Word of God related to that. So we leave it alone, amen? And, and um, we would be much better off if instead of judging our fellow Christians, if we would pray for them. Lord, show them. If they don't know, show them. You know, there may be a cause. If there's not a cause, then show them uh, that they can have faith. And, and really, the approach that you should always take is if there's a cause, you deal with the cause. So if the cause is due to sin you repent of the sin if the cause is due to um something in the lord has so, showed me many times you know just change this thing in your life and, and you know it wasn't due to sickness or, or sin or anything like that just habits or whatever uh and and the sickness will go away and so that was an it ends up being a natural solution but it's still supernatural because the lord reveals it so he can reveal if there's a cause and it may not be due to sin. It may be due to something you need to change in your life. Because, you know, all of our bodies are different, right? And some people's bodies are, are more susceptible to certain foods and drinks and different things. And so it may be for you for a period of time that you don't consume something, you know, for you. Someone else might be able to eat 50 times that amount and be fine with it. But some people, you know, I've got a friend of mine he's, who's deathly allergic to peanut butter. Uh, and uh, I'd have to be in faith over that really quick, you know, if I had to give up peanut butter, right? Uh, that'd be really hard, you know, but um, um, of course, you know, he's never really lived with peanut butter because he's been, he's been allergic to it all of his life. Uh, so for him, you know, he shouldn't eat peanut butter because, uh, in fact, he can go to a restaurant where they, you know, sometimes will cook with peanut oil and, and he could taste it. Just being in the, in the building where there's peanut butter in the building or peanuts of any kind in, in the building, he can, his tongue will, will tingle and, and swell up a little bit uh, just being in the prayer. That's how, how serious it is with him. And so and he keeps a, one of those EpiPens there, you know, that, uh, you know, you stab into your leg. And I asked him one time, I said, if, if you eat some peanut butter, can I stab your leg with that pen, you know? And so not that I, prob I probably wouldn't do it, you know, I could handle that much pressure there. But, but um, I thought it was pretty funny. So so, you know, just in, in those areas, it's just best to leave it alone. You know, uh, do what you know to do, which is to pray and to believe God for them uh, and let them see uh, and then leave the judgment to the Lord. Amen. Uh, and then that way you're not in trouble because the worst thing for you to do is, is look at somebody over there. You remember in Galatians 6, 1, it says, you know, if you find your brother in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such one in a, in a spirit of meekness, look into yourself, lest you also be what? Tempted, right? 
So there are many things that people get in their lives that they get only because they've judged somebody else. And that's really the law of sowing and reaping, right? You, you, you've sown judgment, then you reap judgment, right? You sow uh, the sin of that, then you're going to reap the sin of that, amen? And so, um, so we leave it alone. So, so our faith is that every single person that's got any sickness and disease in this church is 100% healed. Uh, and we leave it at that. And then, if, see, if we pray that, then that opens the door up to the Lord that uh, uh, he can show them if there's something natural they can do, then that he can show them that. If there's some uh, sin they need to deal with, then, you know, he can, he can deal with that. If it's just something that there's no sin, there's no sickness, like the, the man born blind in John chapter 9, there's nothing at all, then you deal with whatever things you've got to deal with, but whether there's something to deal with or not, after you do that, it's the same process. You always get healed. And so whether there's something to deal with or not, you deal with that. If not, in both cases, you still can get healed after that. Amen. So you can always get healed even if there's a cause. If there's not a cause, you can still get healed. Amen. That uh, We saw that with Jesus many times that uh, uh, he would forgive somebody and then heal them. Uh, other times he would just heal them. So at the end of the day, they always got healed. And that's really the goal of those things. Amen. Uh, and so uh, why, don't, why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And we thank you, Father, for blessing us, being good to us, Father, speaking to us, reminding us that you love us. And, Father, we thank you for your word and the kindness that you've shown to us by protecting your word and overseeing it and watching over it carefully, Father, to make sure that we had access to it, Father, in these days. And so we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I was... Uh, Watching uh, Brother Randy uh, uh, this afternoon, he had been in service up in Canada, pastor that I know of up there in the Mississauga, Ontario area, and um, they're still under, you know, the Gestapo regime up there. I mean, they, they have to have, uh, I think uh, Brother Randy had uh, so many services, and they can only have so many people come to church, so you get an email. If you get an email, you get to come. If you don't get an email, sorry, you don't get to come, uh, and so... You know, we come down to the land of the free right here. You know, we do whatever we want to, you know, within, within, obviously within the law and, and, the, and the word. But um, there are no restrictions here on us at this time. And so, uh, but he was up there and, and he was, uh, the Lord spoke to him uh, that the church uh, there is not going to be split because of COVID. And, and uh, after he got done, the pastor got up and, and was talking a little bit about that. And, and it had gotten to such a, a level of, disagreement in the church that there was you know a threat of of the church split because you got some people over here very much for the the shot you got uh, people over here very much against the shot uh, and you know the, the the problem with that is getting a vaccine is not a moral question uh, it is not an ethical question it's just a decision it's just it's no more moral than would you like fries with that right uh, and uh, personally, I got no problem if you want to have a shot. I got no problem if you don't want to have a shot. Um, but when we take things that are unimportant and we elevate them to being equal to moral principles that the Word gives us, you know, then we get out of the will of God. We get out of, into areas that we become carnal, right? We become um, fixated on things that are really unimportant, and we we um, and then we leave a church because somebody thinks you should get a shot or leave a church because somebody thinks you shouldn't get a shot. Uh, and um, in fact, uh, I was uh, looking at our, our video from the other day. I think I had mentioned COVID-19 and, and, and the Facebook people, I guess, are, they don't really watch it, but they've got computers listening for it. When I say the word COVID-19, they put the little 
disclaimer on the bottom, you know, click here to get some propaganda about COVID-19, right? Uh, and so, because uh, they're all for it, you know, and, and for them, it's a moral question, right? It's not a moral question, you know, uh, because if you get a shot, you're immune from the people that don't have a shot. And if you don't get a shot, what's it matter to you if, if somebody else has COVID? I mean, it, you know, it's not a moral question. And people, we've elevated it to become a moral question, uh, and it's not. What is a moral question are things like abortion, right? When you, when you murder a baby, that's a, that's a moral question, right? I mean, the Bible has a lot of things to say about that. And, and, and so, I don't know if you've been following or not, but the Supreme Court to just today was reviewing a case from Mississippi related to abortion. And there's some questions whether or not that, uh, uh, that it would end up uh, overturning the Roe v. Wade uh, decision from the early 70s. Uh, and of course, we won't know the answer to that until next June, because they're really, 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 really slow. I mean, wow, that's, you know, seven months out, right? Uh, and so, uh, but um, they were addressing that, and, and really all that would happen, it's, you know, the, the Supreme Court will never say, you know, um, well, now it's, uh, you can't make any laws uh, banning abortion, or you can't make any laws for abortion. All the Supreme Court's going to do is say, you know, that's really up to you states because that's, that's how they should have left it 50 years ago is up to the states, right? There's no th nothing in the Constitution that even mentions a baby or a child and they pulled out things out of the Constitution that, that don't exist. Uh, and, and that's really any time they do that, and they've done that in the history of the Supreme Court. You know, as, as long as we've been a country, the Supreme Court on, will on occasion, you know, I mean, they came up with a, with a was it three-fifths compromise that a black person was equal to three-fifths of a, of a white person? <laughs> well, that's terrible stuff, right? I mean, who says things like that, right? But they come up with stuff like that, right? Uh, and so uh, they, they, uh, they, they're human beings, right? They will make flawed decisions, right? And they should have never made that decision. They should have let the states decide. And that way, if you want to go to uh, live in a state that murders babies, you go move to that state. If you want to live in a state that protects babies, then you go move to that state. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, it's a uh, deal with it at that point. But uh, but the, the problem with it, uh, if if they uphold the law, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of unhappy people. If they uh, get rid of the Roe v. Wade uh, abortion right that, that doesn't really exist, but if they get rid of that right, there will be all kinds of tension and fights and everything. So it's a lose-lose proposition for our country because uh, any time that bad things are decided like that, uh, and again, that's not the only one, but that's one of the worst ones we've ever done, like taking prayer out of school. Well, that's a bad decision, right? I mean, uh, you can't make a law for or against religion, you know, and of course they say uh, that uh, uh, you're promoting religion by doing that, which is not really true, but uh, that's another whole discussion. But um, so, that, you know, there are things that are important, but, you know, even on that, we're not called to pick at the Supreme Court. We're not called by the by the Lord to go and start riots and things like that. Our, we're called to pray. And, and our job as a church is to pray. And, and our prayers then will, will allow the Lord and give him the authority to influence people. Uh, now, people at the end of the day still get to make their own decision, but the Lord is very per persuasive, right? But I mean, if he has to, he will appear to somebody and encourage them to do something, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, how he does that is entirely up to him. Uh, but our prayers uh, empower the Lord to operate and move on our behalf. Uh, and our prayers operate and authorize the angels to move and operate on our behalf. Uh, and that's really our job. You know, 
there's no picket signs in the history of picket signs that have ever changed a single person's mind. Nobody's ever looked at a picket sign and go, you know, maybe they've got a point. Nobody's ever done that, right? Uh, uh, they, all, they all get on their each side of the street, fuss at each other, and, and, um, and people in a church do that every day. And if, and if we would spend that same energy on our knees in prayer, you know, the, we would get a lot more results than, than those things. And so, I know it's not to say that we shouldn't be involved in a public square and, and vote and, you know, write our, our senators and those types of things. Uh, I got no problem with any, any of that stuff. But, um, uh, but there shouldn't be church splits over something as silly as getting a shot or not getting a shot, right? And yet uh, people get so, uh, and I've seen it, people get so mad at things that don't even matter, right? And you've heard me talk about stories about Christmas trees and, you know, should you celebrate Christmas? You know, well, you know, Jesus really wasn't born on December 25th. Okay, uh, you know, as far as I've read, you know, he was probably born sometime in the fall, like in September. But who cares, right? We're, we're celebrating the fact that he was born in the earth. The day, the specific day is irrelevant. We just take a time out and celebrate the fact that he came to the earth. And we're happy for that and glad for that. And all the traditions and everything that had built up around that, yeah, no doubt we've taken it, commercialized it to, to a great extent, but still. We get to sing Christmas carols in the public, you know, and, and have shows on TV that are murdering people and doing all kinds of terrible things. We get to see, you know, it's a wonderful life and lives restored. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, um, I think it's a, I still think it's a great thing and, and I got no no problem with it. And and it's up to you whether you commercialize it or not. Right. And it's up to you whether you bow down and worship a tree. Anybody bow down worshiping trees? Nobody's bowed down worshiping trees. In fact, full disclosure, we put our Christmas tree up and we've yet to worship it. Have you worshipped any? No. no? It's, uh, we've not, we've not uh, killed any idols in front of it, you know, or strangled any chickens in front of it. And, uh, and um, it's just a tree. In fact, it's not even a live tree, right? So, I mean, you could worship it, but, I mean, it's made out of, it's made out of plastic and wires, right? So uh, it'd be kind of silly to worship that, although worshiping anything other than the Lord is silly anyway. It's like they worship oh, yeah. a golden calf, right? So... Anyways, just, uh, um, you know, sometimes uh, uh, I like the little, the, the little uh, world that we live in here where we all get along and, and uh, you know, there are differences of opinions about things. Uh, and, uh, but I think you all do a great job of, of not uh, fussing at each other and, and getting mad. Well, I don't like you because you got a shot. I don't like you because you didn't get a shot. I mean, your, is your faith in, their, in the shot? Surely your faith's not. My faith, you know, I told you Chris and I both got... Uh, the, the vaccination and our faith is not in the shot at all you know our, my faith is in the Lord Jesus and we got we got the personally we got the vaccine for our uh, convenience so because we travel right and, and uh, you, you get some places and like in fact brother Randy he could not go to Canada if he hadn't had a shot you know they checked him at the border right now of course he has escaped from jail three different times so he could have probably got through either way uh, but he he chose to go the legal route because uh, they would probably hunt the, 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 the Canadian Mounties are, are um, uh, they're tenacious, right? They would find him. He'd be up in the, in the, in the Rocky Mountains somewhere in, in Western Canada and they'd find him somewhere up there, hold up, you know, I'm not going to get a shot. And, and uh, so he, he got a shot uh, so that he could go and do his job, right? His job is to preach the gospel. His faith is not in the back, in the, in the shot. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and I, you know, I'd encourage you, be careful about, uh, jumping on the Facebook, uh, all the paranoia and, and all the conspiracy theories, you know, that you see on Facebook. 
get a shot, don't get a shot. It, it, to me, it's, just, it's nearly irrelevant. But don't believe all this, you know, well, the, the, the government is putting microscopic transmitters in there to track your locations and they're causing your brain waves to be modified and, and going to cause you to, to give birth to dogs and cats, you know, and, um, you, know, all, you know, all that stuff's made up. I just made all that stuff up right now, in fact, but more than likely, since it's on Facebook, that'll be going out tomorrow that the government is causing human beings to birth cats and dogs, right? Uh, all that stuff is foolishness and, and it's a waste of time, amen? It's just simple, would you like fries with that or not, amen? Uh, and then believe God for your healing, amen, because, you're, because all the shots in the world are never going to keep you because they're only, you know, even these shots, supposedly they're 90-something percent effective, right? I mean, that's what they say. I don't know if that's true or not. I suspect that's not true, but uh, that means that they're 10% not effective, right? So is your faith in 90% or is your faith in the Lord? My faith in the Lord. He's 100% kind of God, right? Uh, so... Uh, because you got it or you didn't get it because you didn't take it. Yeah. Well, see, I got no problem with it, you know, and, and um, like I got a shot and but I'm not mad at anybody who didn't get a shot because I'm going to go wherever. Right. And, and I'm going to do whatever. And so, yeah, because, you know, it's just a personal choice and, and it's not a moral choice. Right. It's just a choice. It's not any different than uh, than French fries or not French fries. And uh, but. But make sure you don't elevate it above that. You know, keep things where they're supposed to be. Uh, and we get into trouble in a church when we elevate things. Uh, you know, like some people fussed at me about not having a steeple in our church. You know, you better not make sure you don't have a steeple in your church. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I might just build me a steeple just to, because, you know, I don't care. You know, well, it's a pagan symbol. Not, well, not if I build it on my church. It's not. It's a symbol to, to, to uh, glorify the Lord. Uh, and um, uh, But people will just, I mean, they just pick things that just don't matter to a hill of beans, you know, uh, and, uh, and just get mad about it. I mean, just fighting mad about things that are just the dumbest things in the world. Just like, you know, faith is important, you know. Uh, salvation is important. Preaching the gospel is important. Whether or not you have a Christmas tree in the corner of your house, it's just, it's just wow, you know. How unimportant could that possibly be, right? Uh, remember remember uh, what Jesus said, you strain a gnat uh, and you miss the weightier matters of the law. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are weightier matters of the law and there are less weighty matters of the law, right? How long your hair is, you know, I mean, people fuss at women because you get your hair cut too short, you know, well, how short's too short, right? I mean, is there a length? There's no length in the Bible, right? Um, and so, um, how, how long is too long, right? Men's hair, if it's too long, they'll fuss at you for having too long a hair. Well, how long is too long? Well, I don't know how long is too long. Uh, and so, you know, they fuss about you. How long is your skirt, right? Well, it's too short or too long, right? I don't think anybody's ever complained about being too long. Um, well, how long is too long? How short is too short? Well, I, you know, we all know when it is, when it is but, you know, uh, it's just, but how many verses in the Bible are dedicated to, to such topics? You know, you got one here and one there, right? And so if you only got one or two verses out of 31,000 verses in the Bible, how important is that doctrine? There's hundreds and hundreds of verses on healing. So it seems like that's a pretty important doctrine, right? Uh, and so, um, but the church, you know, we're, we're so, uh, and I mean the church as a whole, not, not this church, but the church as a whole, it's so easy to get on these little bandwagons that don't mount to hill of beans and people uh, want to become like experts at this topic or whatever it is, you know, and, and um, it's just, it's such, it's such a, they, they, they moralize everything, right? Things that don't matter at all and so uh but you all are doing, doing a great job and of course you know i know our church isn't isn't uh, 
that big of a church, and you know, you get more people, then you got more opinions, right? And then you get factions in a church, and they, you know, then you get this side of the church versus that side of the church, and and um, you know, as a church grows, we'll have to deal with those things. But um, hopefully, as the church grows, we also grow in faith, and we grow in in, uh, in wisdom, and we grow in love. Amen. Uh, and so, because uh, even you know, brother uh, doctor or doctor uh, 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 brother Randy was talking about the origin of, of devils, you know, and uh, he said, he said, well, I, he said, well, I've got an opinion. He said, well, my opinion is, and then he got sidetracked, never said what his opinion was. So now I got to fuss on because you, you know, you took us right to the edge of what your opinion was, but you didn't go all the way, you know, and, and tell me what your actual opinion was, because I'd like to know what his opinion is. I've got my opinion, but it's, you know, um, I'm not going to fuss at somebody if they have a different opinion of the source of devils, right? Because there's nothing in the Bible that really comes out and says, here's where devils came from, right? Because, one opinion is that they're, they're fallen angels from the one-third of the angels that, uh, that fell from Lucifer. Uh, one opinion is they were from a, a race of beings that existed on the earth prior to Adam being on the earth that was ruled by, by Lucifer, and separate from the angels in heaven, right? So that's one theory. Um, and um, uh, so we don't really know. And both theories have their, have their um, validity in, uh, in them. And, and so... But since the word of God is mostly silent in that, you know, it's interesting conversations. But to be a, to get dogmatic about that, you know, is kind of foolish because how why are you right? I mean, you don't have any book, chapter and verse that says you're right. Um, and I mean, it's your opinion. And, and, and so I think things can be learned and helped by having those discussions. But to be to be argumentative about it uh, is a waste of time. Right. To be foolish about those things. And so we don't want to do that. Amen. Uh, and so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians. Uh, we'll get started today. We didn't get very far last week, did we? But uh, we're not in a race, are we? Uh, and so uh, we had started here in Philippians chapter 1. And we remember, where was Paul when he wrote this book? He was in a Roman prison, right? In jail. Uh, and so always keep that in the back of your mind as you're reading this, because uh, you don't read any here about, you know, Paul, like, oh, I've got it so hard and you know, my life is, is just terrible. And uh, I remember we, we, we watched a, a, um, a story, a movie about Paul the Apostle. I think it was called Paul, right? Maybe it was Paul the Apostle. Uh, and uh, it was terrible because he started out, he was very despondent, you know. And Luke had to come cheer him up. And, and, and I don't buy that for a minute, you know. Paul was singing praises in Acts chapter 16 in the Roman prison there with Silas. I don't think he was despondent uh, about being in yet another jail. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, it makes for good theater, doesn't it? Amen. Uh, and so Paul here, we'll just start again in verse 1. We, don't, we won't go back over all those things, but it says in verse 1 that Paul and Timotheus, that's Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and, the Lord, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So we talked last week about, or actually it wasn't quite last week, a couple weeks ago about, uh, being servants of the Most High God, right? Are we servants of the Most High God? Greatest thing in the world you can do is learn how to be the best servant you can be. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus was the greatest of all servants, uh, and the highest calling in our life is to be servant of the Most High God. Uh, and, and if you can learn that you are on this earth to serve at His convenience, uh, that'd be the, the, you'll have the easiest life you could ever have. Because if you're an easy servant to be used, right? Meat for the Master's use, right? Uh, then... then he can do with you as he needs to, right? Uh, and you remember, uh, we've talked a lot about Abraham. Abraham, how many generations was Abraham from Adam? 
He was about 20 generations, right? Uh, and God created a covenant with Abraham. Well, why did God wait 20 generations to establish a covenant with mankind? I, I believe he couldn't find anybody because we find plenty of other places like Ezekiel, right? When he was looking for a single uh, intercessor and it says, how many could he find? Couldn't find any, right? Uh, and so if he couldn't find a single intercessor in Ezekiel, then I'm sure he couldn't find a single man willing to establish a covenant with him. Uh, and so, you know, because the Lord said, hey, Abraham, here's the deal. Uh, I'll do all these things for you. All you basically do is say, yes, Lord, I'll obey you. That was the deal, right? He didn't say you had to, uh, I mean, at that point, he didn't say you had to give up uh, 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 Isaac at all, right? Because he hadn't had Isaac yet. He didn't say you had to kill your son on the hill. He just said, all you got to do is obey. And Abraham's like, sounds like a pretty good deal to me, right? Sounds pretty good to me. A uh, thousand people before him said no. I mean, it could have been 10, who knows how many, right? It could have been three, I don't know. But uh, my guess, I bet there was hundreds and maybe thousands of people that had said no to the Lord. What's it, you know, what do I have to do? Nothing, just obey everything I tell you to do from now on. Well, Lord, I, you know, if I do that, then I can't have my own life. I can't live the way that I want to live. Uh, and see, a statement like that is said by Christians every day who don't believe that the Lord has their best interest at heart. They don't believe that the Lord will bless them and increase them all of their life if they'll obey him. They think they've got to watch out for number one. And if they don't do it, nobody will. Uh, and they may not quite say it that way, but when the Lord says, hey, I need to do this, and we say no, hey, I want you to stop doing that, and they say no, I want you to start doing this and say no, I want you to give this, you know, and they say no, or I want you to keep that, you know, they say no, whatever it is. Every time they do that, you know, they are no longer a, a servant meat for the master's use or easy to be used. There's somebody that, that uh, if the Lord goes to them, he knows that it's a hard sell. Everything he needs them to do, it's a hard sell. Uh, and you ever been with somebody and, and you know, every time you, gotta, you ask them for a favor, it's a hard sell, right? Hey, I need you to do something. Well, what's in it for me? Well, I, I just need some help. Well, you know, when do you want to do it? I can only do it on, on Saturday morning from 8.30 to 8.36. Well, I really need you about 9 o'clock. Now, I can't do 9 o'clock. You know, I can do 8.30, you know, and it's just, it's just painful to get people like that to help, right? Sometimes you're desperate and there's nobody else around. Uh, but you'll go to the ends of the world before you ask them another time, won't you? Well, the Lord does the same thing. You know, if, if we're not meat for the master's use, then he will find another servant, you know, somebody who's willing to say yes. And, and, and really, the greatest advances in the kingdom of God have been done by people who have said yes. Uh, and and um, uh, in fact, uh, 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 Pastor Nancy Dufresne w was uh, quoting something that, that uh, Brother Norval Hayes said one time. Uh, he, uh, she said that, that uh, uh, the answer of no uh, is not the will of God. Uh, and so if you say yes, then you're in the will of God. The answer of no is not the will of God. So if the Lord asks you to do something and you give no, then you're no longer the will of God, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, so uh, Paul said here that they were servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Um, uh, and so uh, then he says, grace be unto you. And, and of course, we talked a little bit about grace uh, last week and um, uh, how grace is God's ability working in you, right, to accomplish his will in the earth. So whatever he's called you to do, you have the grace to do it. Whatever he's commanded you to do, you have the grace to do it. Some people say it's so hard being a Christian. 
And they say, and the reason why they say it's so hard being a Christian is because they don't know how to rest in the grace of God. They don't know how to, in the moment, say, well, Lord, you know, I can do this. You've called me to do this. I can do this. Uh, instead, they gripe and complain. And really, the, the reason why they gripe and complain is because they want, they're trying to get out of the will of God. They don't want to do the will of God. They want to do something else. So instead of uh, believing by faith that they have the grace to do it, they'll, they'll gripe and complain or they'll make an excuse and lie and say, it's too hard. Well, that's just a lie. It's not really too hard. You just you decided not to do it. Right. And that's fine. It's not really fine, but it's 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 fine as far as at least it's honest. But when you say, you know, I can't do that, you know, that's not really technically true, because to say that you can't do it would be to say that God has not given you the grace to do that. That means God is withholding his grace to do something that he's called you to do. Uh, And if that's true, see, is the Lord going to judge us for doing the things that we've been called to do or not? Uh, he is, right? When we get to heaven, uh, you remember what, what he told the, the, the men with the talents? He said, well done, the good and what? Faithful servant, right? So uh, the only thing the Lord is going to judge us on is faithfulness to do what he's asked us to do, right? Remember we talked about Jesus that he said uh, a couple of times in Hebrews chapter 8, that I come to do thy will, O God. Uh, and so, see, Jesus knew that what, uh, he just left the, basically a blank check with the Lord. I came to do your will, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, Father, that's what I'll do. And in the moment, whatever you call me to do, I know I've got the grace to do that. That's the, that's the attitude of a servant, right? Someone who's not a real servant will always make an excuse. Well, I can't do it. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I, you know, it's too hard. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. it. You know, they didn't like me or, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, a thousand one excuses, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, will those excuses ever succeed uh, in removing the responsibility when you stand before the Lord? When you stand before him, is he going to say, you know, why didn't you do this thing? Well, Lord, you know, you know, I didn't have time to do that. Oh, okay, my bad. Sorry, you know, let me take all that back, right? Is he going to do that? You're not going to do that, right? So every time that we, we say no to the Lord, we're outside the will of God. And of course, and that is an issue where, uh, and whenever you get outside the will of God, you do open yourself up for the devil, right? You do get outside the, the will of God. So the grace of God is always there. And you have to have faith that the grace of God is always there. And I can't tell you how many times uh, just uh, with me and my wife in, in our in our lives, there's been times and seasons when things were just easy, just I mean, easy peasy, just, you know, just just like a neutral. Right. You just cruise control through life and no problems at all. And then other times it seems like everything all comes together at once. Uh, and, you know, uh, and, and it's not that it's calamity. It's just uh, there's just a lot of things that we have to do all of a sudden. You know, sometimes it's financial things. All of a sudden we've got all these things that that. Uh, you know, not that we're, we're financially unable to do it, but, uh, you know, we've got to count everything, right? Uh, and, uh, but we, what we have found is if we believe that we were in the will of God get, coming up to those situations, we, we know the Lord always sees us through. So we've gotten to where now it's when those things, when those times and seasons happen, we're like, well, you know, we, we believe we're in the will of God, so it'll be fine, right? And it always is, it, uh, uh, we don't even get we don't even get under pressure about it anymore, you know. And if we do, uh, and I have on occasion get under pressure about things, and and I'll catch myself being under pressure about it, and I'll repent to the Lord for for worrying about things because I like things to be done in a certain way. And uh, but what I have found is if I'll have faith in the grace of God, uh, everything's always okay. Amen. So he so he he's praying for grace to be unto them and peace. And really, those two things go together, right? Because if you can have faith in the grace of God, then you'll always live in peace. 
And so if you're a person without peace, you, uh, you can go back and find out where you are not walking in grace. Because when you're walking in grace, you've got the ability to do it. You can, no problem, right? Uh, no matter how much work that you've got to do, no matter how many things are in front of you, if, you're, if you've got the grace to do it, then when would you never be at peace, right? You would always be at peace. So it's a great prayer, right? Grace and peace be unto you. Uh, and where does it come from? From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Uh, and so uh, you can't have enough peace. Uh, and James says that God gives more grace, right? So if you don't think you can handle it, you know, uh, what's God going to do? He's going to give you more grace, right? Uh, and look, it doesn't mean that you can't go to the Lord and say, Lord, this is really hard. You know, I'm having a hard time with doing this. You know, what, what do I need to do different? You know, why am I have, you know, just because uh, sometimes, you know, your, your mind gets overwhelmed with things and, and your heart gets full of, of tension and, uh, you know, the realities of life are there. And, you know, it may be that you need to cast all your cares on the Lord. And, you know, sometimes for me, that's the thing, right? Because uh, if you like things done a certain way, a lot of times you'll take those cares upon yourself, you know, instead of casting them upon the Lord. Uh, and so... Uh, but James says, but he gives more grace. So if there's if you need more grace, you know, you can talk to the Lord about it. Right. Uh, and so he'll give you more grace. Uh, and so everything comes from the father and is assigned to us uh, by um, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and so uh, and, and really in all of Paul's letters, uh, except for, in you know, my opinion is Paul wrote the book Hebrews. A lot of people argue about that. Again, uh, is it worth arguing about? No, I don't think it's worth arguing about, you know. But I think he wrote the book of Hebrews. But uh, all the other letters, he started with grace and peace be unto you. Uh, and then, uh, but he did write letters to, uh, to, two, to two ministers. So let's turn over to 1 Timothy uh, just real quick here. Um, and we can find it uh, here in just a second. Um, in 1 Timothy, uh, he says in verse 2, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. So for all, all the letters that were written to uh, other people, either a church or to other, like Philemon wasn't a minister, um, uh, all the other books other than the ones written to ministers were just uh, um, grace and peace. But the two, Timothy and Titus, that were written to ministers, he included mercy, right? Uh, and... Um, uh, and maybe he's trying to tell us that, that uh, ministers need a little bit more mercy, right? Uh, it'd be good if people would have more mercy in ministers, right? You, you ever heard people just be railing against ministers, right? You know, I've had people come visit this church, you know, and they'll rail against some other pastor they were with, and I'm thinking, well, if you're railing against that guy, what are you going to do against me in a month or two, right? I mean, you know, uh, so you're not impressing me by you. Well, I, I'm coming to your church because that other church was sorry, no count. That pastor would, you know, preach too long or preach too short or whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, and I'm thinking, well, you're talking about him to me. What are you going to talk about me to somebody else? Right. So I'm not, it doesn't impress me when people gossip about other ministers. Right. Uh, and you should have mercy because aren't ministers human beings, too. You, you reckon they've ever missed it. Uh, you reckon I've ever preached a minute too long, you know. I can't believe you're in 1201. What's wrong with you, you know? Uh, and, um, um, you know, probably won't be the last time I preach too long, right? Uh, and so, or anything else that, you know, uh, I, I was in the office, you know, the, the, my office has no ceiling on it, right? So basically I can hear everything going on there. And, I, and there were people uh, taking apart my message point by point about how what I said about faith wasn't right. 
you know, and of course it was very childish and immature. What they were saying is like, well, I mean, you're just wrong. Everything you're saying is wrong. I didn't open up the door and say, you know, dummies, you know, what's wrong with you? Uh, because when we're young, we think we know everything, right? And uh, I, I wish I had known how little I knew when I was 20 uh, compared to how little I knew when I was 40, right? Because even though I had learned 20 more years of stuff, I realized how little I knew when I was 40, right? And I'm, I'm mid-50s, and, and the older I get, the, the more I realize how little I know. And so I don't know if I'm going backwards or not, but, um, uh, you know, even if I learn more, I realize how much more there is to know, right? So, uh, so to, to think that I know anything is just foolishness, right? So, uh, so grace, mercy, and peace to the, to the ministers, and grace and peace to all of us. And so we thank God for grace and peace, right? Uh, and then he says uh, in verse 3, I thank my God upon every rem- remembrance of you. Uh, and, and so what we find, especially in the book of Philippians, is we see the Paul's love for this particular church. I thank God upon every remembrance of you. And so, you know, he's saying every time I think about you, I thank God for you. You know, that, that means that the Philippians really left a lasting impression with Paul, right? That they were really special to him. Uh, and it just shows uh, how close that Paul got with this, this group of ministers uh, or this group of people there at this particular church. Uh, and, you know, he says other things similar to that in other, in other books uh, that he's written. But um, this is some of the strongest words about how, how uh, glad he is to have known uh, these particular things. And so he said that he thanks God for every remembrance of him. Uh, and... Um, you know, there's just a, a couple of things about uh, remembering. And, and uh, one of the things about, about remembering that, that's helpful, um, uh, of course, the Lord told us to remember him, right? Do, do these things uh, and, and remember it to me as often as you do them, right? Uh, and so, um, but if you remember when we studied um, the book of Revelation, right? And we looked at the first uh, the, the three chapters there, really the seven churches in the book of Revelation, that uh, at least two of the churches when uh, he had scolded them and rebuked them, he said, uh, to the, specifically to the Ephesians, he said, remember from where you came. Uh, and so, you know, it is good to remember it. It's good to remember about people, you know, because sometimes, you know, somebody will do something kind to you and, and you'll forget about it, you know. And, uh, and Paul was just saying here, you know, it's o- and it's okay to remember the p- what good things people have done for you. Amen. Uh, Paul, I mean, a, a great portion of the book of Philippians, Paul is thanking him for the things that they had done for him and, and reminding them what they have done for him. And sometimes in a church, we get so spiritual, we think, you know, not, we don't need any, any thanksgiving to each other. You know, we don't need to honor each other. You know, that's only for the Lord. And, you know, that's not, that's not, that's not true at all, right? Because, I mean, uh, Paul told uh, in, in uh, well, and also in First Timothy about, how those who labor in the word of God and prayer are worthy of double honor. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it's perfectly fine to honor people on this earth. Uh, where we get into trouble is when we elevate that to worship, right? Is anybody on the earth worthy to be worshiped? Nobody's worthy to be worshiped, but, it, but it's perfectly fine to thank people. And, and I have had bosses and have known pastors and ministers who it's impossible for them to thank people. Uh, and I don't know, I don't really know why that is. Sometimes it's because they feel like it belittles them. That, well, you know, I've got to put myself down on their level to thank them as if they're equal to me, you know. Last time I checked, 
you are equal with me, right? We're all children of the Most High God. We have different responsibilities, but none of us are more important than, than each other in, in, in the Lord's eyes. Uh, now, you know, and I don't know if they just, you know, uh, think that they were owed that. Well, you should have done that for me sooner, you know. I mean, sometimes they have an attitude about that. You know, I don't, I don't really know, but Paul is so thankful, you know, uh, uh, towards, uh, towards the Philippians. I thank my God uh, uh, upon every rem- remembrance of you. And so the Lord told the Ephesians to remember from where you came. And Paul is saying that every time I think about you and are reminded about you, you know, I, I thank the Lord, right? And, of course, the Lord had said that about, uh, about uh, I mentioned that about the, uh, do this uh, in remembrance of me in the, in the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, and so, so, you know, when I, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, it's okay to remember the fond things that people have done. And to, and to, in fact, just the other day, uh, I wrote a note to, to some folks who, who were a blessing to me decades ago. Uh, and just wrote a note to them and thanked them for that and sent them a, a gift uh, in the mail to them uh, because it just the Lord reminded me about what they had done for me and so I just wanted to thank them for that uh, and you know that's and that's perfectly fine right that's in fact uh, I didn't do that so I could say I did that for this verse because I didn't really think about these two things being together there uh, but um, uh, it's okay right uh, and so. The thing that we need to know the most is to remember what the word says, right? Uh, and so, you know, rem- remembrance is, is, is helpful to us. Um, and um, uh, I would encourage you to remember about the people that have done things for you in your life and also remember what the word says, right? Uh, and so he comes on down in, in verse 4, really continuing the same thought there in verse 3. Always in every prayer of mine for you, uh, for you all, making a request with joy. Uh, and so, um, so Paul uh, must be a good Tennessee boy, right? Because he said, you all, right? Uh, of course, we'd say just y'all. That's, that's way too many words, right? There's way too many syllables being two, so we'll just, we'll just turn that into one syllable and say y'all, right? Always in every prayer of mine for y'all making the request with joy, right? So, uh, and again, it's really a continuation of how, how much he cared about the Philippians, that he can make a request uh, on behalf of the Philippian people uh, with joy, right? Uh, and so, uh, uh, and now, let's see, I didn't put that in my notes, but turn over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 there. You ever prayed for somebody and it wasn't with joy? <laughs> Lord, get them, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully you're not praying, Lord, get them, but you know, sometimes you can pray for somebody and it, and it just the thought of them bring, brings up joy in your life. And then some people you pray for them and the thought of them, you know, doesn't bring uh, uh, joy in your life. And so, um, but, uh, you know, here, here's just a thought uh, kind of in relation to that uh, on the opposite side of things. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, it says in verse 17, obey them that have rule over you. Uh, and the context is, is ruling over you in the Lord, right? Uh, and so, for they watch for your souls. So there's no governor or mayor or president that watches for your souls, right? These are spiritual leaders, not uh, natural leaders. Uh, they watch over your soul uh, and, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Uh, and, and this is a, 
a rarely mentioned verse, although I mention it around here every, every year or two, um, because it's, it's, is this a true verse? Which true verse? Because it's in the Bible, right? Um, and so what does the Lord, what's the Lord say is going to happen at some point in time? It says that those that have rule over other people in the earth, they will have to give account for the people that they were over. Uh, and, and he says that they may give so, but he's not talking to the rulers. He's talking to the people that are supposed to be submitted to the rulers, right? So, you know, in the context of the church, then he's talking to the pastors, right? The pastors have uh, rule and, and, you know, and don't get hung up on the word rule. It just means leadership, right? It doesn't mean I don't run your life. That's the Holy Ghost job, but I do have leadership in your life in a sense of, he said, watching over your soul. So again, that's not your spirit. That's just your soul, right? That's really uh, the, the primary goal in, in the church is to get your mind renewed right because uh, your spirit's perfectly fine so your mind needs to be renewed so that that's the sense of, of me watching for your soul is to help you get your mind renewed to think like the bible thinks and of course that's what we spend a lot of time around here doing right uh, is to get your mind thinking the way that it should be uh, and it says obey them uh, and obey means to to trust and have confidence and, and be persuaded by so it doesn't mean that is it an absolute obedience doesn't mean I can tell you what to do no matter what you have to do it. No, it's, it's in the Lord, right? So it's only as whatever I say uh, lines up with the word of God. And so if I say, Bible says you should walk in love, then what should you do? Walk in love, right? Well, I ain't walking in love. Well, okay. I mean, do I get to shoot you or tase you or break a kneecap or anything? No. I mean, it's your choice, right? To obey me or not obey me. Uh, to, to have confidence in, to trust in, to, to uh, be persuaded by. Uh, and so... Um, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourself for they watch for your souls as they must give account. So the leaders have to give account, right? He didn't say that the, that the followers have to give account about the leaders, right? And he said the leaders have to give an account for those that are following them, right? Those who've been assigned to them in this earth, uh, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Uh, and that word grief there means to sigh, right? Uh, for that, is unprofitable for you. So if they if they if they do it with grief, then it is unprofitable for you, right? So you think about that, right? And, and you know, to be honest, I think about this a lot, just for me, because someday, when I get to heaven, the Lord's going to call my pastor Kenneth James Vaughn over to him and say, uh, bef- be, you know, maybe before I even get to say anything, he would say, before before we get to you, uh, Pastor Chip, and talk to you about the things you know in life, Pastor Vaughn, come over here. I need you to give account of, of, of this man when he was, when he was under your uh, leadership for the 20 years he was did, that he was there. I need you to give account for him. Uh, and I think a lot about that. I think someday, you know, because you know what it says, right? That he's got to give account for me to the Lord, right? Uh, and so now what's it going to look like? I don't know. What's the ramifications if, if I don't get an A, you know, a grade A? I'm hoping I get a great A, you know, because I, you know, I believe I was always uh, desired to have his best interest at heart, you know. I know it wasn't perfect, but, uh, you know, I didn't start any coups or split the church or nothing like that. Uh, and um, uh, so I, I hope that, you know, as far as my, my conscience is clear, right? I have no, no skeletons in my, con- in my, in my closet about uh, what I did with my pastor. And so, you know, I feel like I did okay, but I won't know until he says it, right? And, and of course, he'll, you know, but I do think about that. I think about someday when I stand before the Lord, 
that my pastor there is going to give it, and, and Brother Randy will do the same thing, right? He'll, he'll give account for me uh, when I stand before the Lord, you know, probably my pastor first because he was there and really was uh, the first spiritual father that I had, uh, and then it'd be Brother Randy after that, you know, and, and, and I won't get to say anything. I won't, you know, I doubt I'll get a rebuttal. Well, Lord, I'd like to rebut that particular point there. He said, I really, really didn't mean to do that, you know, and I don't know that I'll get that opportunity there. Uh, I want them to do it with joy. I want them to say, you know, he was a servant of the Lord and he was a great blessing to my ministry and my life. Uh, and, uh, and, and so do I worship my pastor or Brother Randy? No. Did they die for me? Are they, are they God or the Lord Jesus? No. But are they leaders over me in the Lord? They are. And, and I see them as that. I don't see them as being, well, that's just Brother Randy, you know. Just, I, don't, I don't see him that as all, right? Uh, and, uh, and I never saw my pastor as being, I mean, when I get to heaven, he'll still be Pastor Vaughn, you know. And uh, well, he won't be Kenny, because some people, after they left the church, you know, called him Pastor Vaughn until they left the church, and he was just Kenny. And it was just such a, it was such a slight, you know. They did it with, with the intention to slight him, you know. Uh, and, you know, it's perfectly fine to honor people even if you disagree with them, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we want to be like the Philippians, right? That, that when he remembers us in prayer, there's joy, right? Uh, and, and, you know, really, uh, when I think about you all, there's joy in, in my life. When I pray for you all, there's joy in my life. You know, I'm, I'm thankful to all of you all. Uh, and, you know, when we get a thousand people here in the church, I'll be thankful for all the thousand people too, right? Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, you know, there, 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 uh, there are people that, uh, you know, um, well, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there are people who don't quite qualify for that. You know, when you think about them, joy is not the first thing that rises up in your heart, right? <laughs> but I hold no ill will towards anybody. Uh, and, and um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not mad at anybody. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, and if they were ever under my leadership, I will have to give account for them for the time that they were here. And then if they were, if they left out of rebellion, that's between them and the Lord, right? That's not up to me. I'll just have to say, well, Lord, in this frame, time frame right here, this is, this is the deal. This is, this is my report. Uh, and, um, um, and, you know, uh, my goal would be to be honest and kind, uh, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing when people uh, want you to uh, give them a, a reference, right? Be the reference for them. Uh, and I would encourage you, talk to me before you put me down as a reference, right? You know, you might want to ask if it's okay. and might want to ask what I would say, right? Because, <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, most of the time it's fine, but uh, I remember... There was uh, one fellow in particular uh, many years ago. In fact, he's gone home to be with the Lord now. Uh, but um, uh, he put me down. He didn't even ask me if I could put me down as a reference. You know, he, he was the guy that got mad at me and didn't talk to me for a year at church. And then he put me down as a business reference, right? Because I was, a, I was an engineer and, you know, in his mind, I was somebody important, you know, because I had a degree at the end of my name. Uh, and so he put me down as a reference. Uh, and, and so... The guy called me up and, and said, well, you know, uh, what do you got to say about him? I said, well, as long as he's happy, you know, he'll be a great worker. I mean, he'll just, he'll be the, the best, most diligent worker. I said, but if you do anything to make him mad, he'll just shut down on you. I won't do nothing with you forever, right? Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, that just, that, that's the deal, right? That's, if, as long as he's happy, he'll be a great worker. If he's not happy, he won't do nothing. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and then I had another, another fellow 
Uh, he put me down as a reference, you know. Uh, and, and the guy calls me up and said, hey, you know, this guy's looking for a loan. You know, would you loan him money? And there was a long pause on my end. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he said, so, well, does he come to work on time? I said, well, he has on occasion uh, come to work on time, you know. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, I mean, there's, there, there are people that have told me that, hey, I put you down as a reference. They didn't ask me, just put me down as a reference. And I'm thinking, you, you better pray that they never call me because I'd have to say I wouldn't hire them if they were the last person on the earth. I would close my business before I would hire this person, you know. Not because they're unethical, but because just lazy or just, you know, uh, entitled or, you know, whatever the thing is, right? Uh, and so, now I wouldn't be unkind and, and you know, I would, I would try to, as best I could without, I mean, some people would like, you know, if I was Lester Summerall, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't hire them at all. You know, it'd be worthless, you know, worthless, you know. In fact, I was reading somebody, somebody said, uh, well, if you need somebody to, to, uh, to just sit still for eight hours, they're the guy for you. But if you need somebody who's got more energy than a brick, you know, you might not want to hire them, right? And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, that was a, uh, that's a pretty low standard right there, right? But, um, uh, and so, but that's not, the, you know, when Paul thought about the Philippians, he had such, such kind words for him, you know. And, and, you know, for me personally, my desire is when people think about me, it's not that I care what people think, but, but I want to leave an impression on people that it's joy, right? Now, some people you can't. Some people just, you know, they, uh, if you just say hi, you, you, they, you rub them the wrong way. And people like that are never going to make happy at all. But, you know, people like Brother Randy, you know, my desire is when Brother Randy thinks about me that joy rises up in his heart, right? Now, I'm not trying to butter him up because that, that's a waste of time, right? It's just foolishness and, and childishness. But, you know, I want to be a great servant of the Lord. And if I can help Brother Randy, you know, I helped my pastor, you know, so many times over the years who do different things, you know. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't really need my help, you know, but if he needed my help, you know, I'd be glad to help him. And, and um, he's got people, right? Uh, so he's got people. He doesn't really need me. But, but you know, I can help him by, by going to his services and, and, uh, and investing finances in his services and, and just, you know, a lot of times just being there uh, and, and amening him and, uh, and supporting him and, you know, uh, and I do encourage him and, and because uh, he's an important person in my life, right? Uh, and I value his, his ministry. And, uh, and, um, uh, and Brother Randy, if you're watching all this, everything is, is you know, you, didn't, uh, you can tell the people you didn't pay for any of this, right? Uh, and so I don't know if he's watching or not. But, um, uh, and so, but I, you know, uh, I, I hope that I left joy in my pastor's heart when I was with him all those years, right? I know we had conflict and other things. But from my perspective, from my side, right, just like when um, uh, Dr. Dufresne called me uh, or when I called him uh, about being involved in his ministry, um, uh, he knew the history of the church I'd gone to with pastor, my pastor and all. And he said, well, did you leave the, did you leave the right way? Now, that, that statement is uh, uh, subject to a lot of opinions, right? My opinion and the Lord Jesus' opinion is, yes, I left the right way that is not shared among all the human beings on the earth, right? <laughs> Other people say, I left, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't do any of those things, you know. Uh, I left with a clear conscience and didn't split the church and didn't kick the dog on the way out. Uh, I left because the Lord said it was time to go. If the Lord says it's time to go, it's time to go, right? So, uh, so even though uh, when they think about me, joy doesn't rise up in their hearts, but that lack of joy is not on me, right? And so you don't want... Uh, like in the book of Hebrews, uh, 
they don't want to do it with grief, right, or with sighing. Uh, and, and the implication of that when the Lord says, so, so uh, Pastor Chip, tell me about so-and-so. Uh, I don't want my answer to be, that would be sighing, right? And just shake your head, just, that, that's not, that is not the response I want when the, the Lord Jesus asks my pastor about me when I get to heaven. Now, to me, see, that's, that's real. To me, that's a real thing. That's a real event that is going to occur in the future uh, in front of the, 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 the greatest Lord in all the universe. Uh, I'm going to stand before him. Uh, and I think, see, I think about that. That's, that. To me, that's a weighty matter. That's a heavy, not, not a burden like a worrisome, but it, it's, it's real. It's, it's something that I think about and contemplate uh, you know, on a pretty regular basis, not in fear or dread. It's just, it's real, right? Uh, in fact, I was just thinking about uh, just the other day about uh, Brother Randy, about things, you know, about how, you know, well, Lord, I, I probably wouldn't do that because if I did that, you know, Brother Randy, somehow you'd probably tell him, you know, uh, and so I'm not doing that, you know, and, uh, and I thought, well, is that okay? I think that's perfectly fine, you know, to, to, to uh, allow our spiritual leaders to keep us on the, on the straight and narrow. That's part of why they're here, right, to, is to help us uh, to have some accountability and those types of things, right? Because some people in this earth, they want no accountability. They want nobody, they don't want to answer to nobody. And see, they think they're free agents by doing that, but they're not. They're slaves to their flesh. Uh, you, you should, and I would encourage you, to be accountable to somebody all the days of your life. Always at a minimum, you know, if you're married, it's your spouse. If you're family members, your family members. If you're in a church, it should be your pastor. You should be accountable to your pastor. Um, you know, you should, right? You, you, it's, and it's perfectly fine. We're not talking about running your life, about telling you who to marry, what car to buy, what toothpaste to use. We're talking about just some accountability from a spiritual standpoint. Are you following the will of God? And, and that's, that's healthy, right? Even the Proverbs talks about how uh, iron sharpeneth iron, right? That's, that's just another way of saying that you have some accountability in your life uh, and that there are people, when they think about you, think about joy, right? Other people, not so much, but, you know, <laughs> all I can do is all I can do, right? I can't, I can't control what you think about me, but I can control how I, how I act around you, right? I can, do, I can control me, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, he said, always in every prayer of mine for you, all, for you all making requests with joy. And so he doesn't tell us the specifics of the requests that he does, but we did read, you know, before in Ephesians that, certain types of prayers that Paul would pray for them. And I'm sure that, like anything, Paul would be led by the Spirit of God in his prayers toward, uh, toward the Philippians. Uh, and so, so, the, so that kind of, you know, he's kind of setting the tone here for this whole letter that there's this, this church has brought a lot of joy to his life and uh, they, they mean a lot to him, you know, in the ministry. And so as we go through the book, we'll find out, we'll find out a lot of the specifics about why that is so. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for the word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we do desire within our hearts to be servants of the Most High God, knowing that we have the grace to accomplish everything. And, Father, as we go through this life, we desire to leave joy in the hearts and minds of the people that, we, uh, are, that are leaders in our lives, Father, that uh, we are good servants of the Lord to do what you've asked us to do. Uh, and so... Father, we thank you that uh, it's perfectly fine to be accountable in this life uh, about the things that we do, Father. Uh, and so, Lord, uh, we ask you to show us the path that we're supposed to take uh, to whom we should be accountable. And so we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive the offering. And, and I just want to say one other point about that. The Lord prompted me about a, a story that, um, you know, years ago I had a friend of mine uh, said, uh, hey, Chip, um, uh, if I ever do anything wrong, uh, w- would you watch and tell me if I ever do anything wrong? Uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not my job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, right? My job is not to uh, spy on your life, right, and do those things. When accountability is just, you know, we should, uh, the, the, the level of accountability, and, and, you know, maybe we'll do some more teaching on that in some, some area. Uh, it's not to replace the Holy Ghost, right? It's just uh, we are partners together with the Holy Spirit, and uh, we should motivate each other. Uh, you, know, th- you know, the Bible talks about exhorting one another to walk in love, right? See, that's being accountable. That means, that means that, you know, I can help you in that area, but my job is not to run your entire life, right? So he was basically wanting to remove all personal responsibility because at the end of the day, you're still responsible for your own actions, right? If I tell you to do it, don't, don't tell you to do it, you're still responsible. Now, sometimes the Lord will tell you that, uh, in fact, he told Ezekiel, well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. You know, he told, the Ezekiel, the, uh, he told Ezekiel, if you don't go tell him, then their blood is on your hands. But that doesn't remove their responsibility, right? That doesn't remove their responsibility from still doing right and wrong. It's just that Ezekiel as a prophet was required to tell him, right? But only that thing, not to run their whole life. So just, you know, be careful that you don't take that to, well, I, you know, I don't do anything until, uh, unless I tell my pastor, you know, I, I don't want to hear all your stuff you're doing, right? And, and you don't want to tell me all the stuff you're doing either, right? Well, I made mashed potatoes for, for supper. What kind of potatoes do you use? Do you, use the, do you know what kinds are there, right? What, what do you use, the red russet? Potatoes, is that a kind of potato? I don't know. I was asking you a question. Is that, uh, did you use the right kind of potatoes? I don't know. You know, uh, how would I know that, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, we want to find the balance in those things, right? Uh, nobody replaces the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Uh, and so, even your pastor. Uh, so, um, we got any announcements? Uh, Ladies, Fellowship. Ladies Fellowship. Saturday morning, 11 o'clock at our house, right? Oh, yeah. Mark Hankins will be down in Chattanooga on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm not going to tell you he's going to be there Sunday because you should be here, but uh, I'll find out if there's a Sunday evening service. But uh, Thursday night at 7 p.m., Friday, 10 a.m., I think, and 7 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. So uh, he was with Brother Hagen for many years and, and uh, uh, knew Brother Hagen closely. Uh, and so uh, he's got a great ministry there. So if you get a chance, and if you want to know more information, we can let you know about that. Uh, all right, well, be blessed. We'll see you on Sunday.